are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week, Monday through Friday, alongside Jacob Rood, the host of Locked On Hoosiers every day of the week. I'm Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get into the ESPN Football Power Index. They have their full rankings for the preseason and next season already out. Not sure really how that works, but we'll go over them with Jacob. But before we do any of that, let's talk about some of the biggest news coming out this week on the basketball side, or at least over the weekend, Jacob. Trace Jackson Davis has declared for the NBA draft. You're our Hoosiers guy, so we'll ask you with where he's at right now, because he does maintain college eligibility. Where is he with staying or going? Has he said anything alongside or outside of the typical, I'm going to test the waters here? Yeah, nothing really right now. Uh, I mean, realistically, I think everybody expected this. I would have been really surprised if he just straight up returned uh, because there's really no harm in in the way he's doing it, maintaining his eligibility and just going and getting um, just kind of insight, see what the NBA scouts and teams are are saying about you Uh, I kind of made the point that there might not be anybody better right now to be alongside him getting that information than Mike Woodson who uh, Doc Rivers was congratulating him on the season like he still has connections in the NBA and whatnot so uh, no he hasn't said anything Uh, he did the statement was as you would expect but um yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think a lot has changed. We'll see what type of feedback he gets because, I mean, his draft status, uh, it, just in terms of where he might be drafted, still kind of varies from middle of the second round to undrafted. So we'll see what type of insight he gets. But uh, no, it, it was an expected move, and but uh, he still has his college eligibility, so still hopeful. Well, I think that's something that makes maybe even his situation a little more unique. I really feel like he does have a lot to learn by testing these waters and talking to these NBA guys, because it seems like a lot of the times when you have players who go out and at least see what the market is, you have them slotted in at, all right, this is about where this guy goes in the draft. And he goes out and talks to teams and maybe he gains something valuable. Maybe it's something as valuable as like a team says, Hey, if you're here at this spot, we're going to take you that kind of a guarantee, but you don't usually see guys who are like fringe players suddenly jump up just because of this kind of thing. But with Trace Jackson Davis, it's just an extreme variance of where exactly the experts have him. Uh, We went over last week. There are some mock drafts that have him in like, late first, early second round, all the way to others not having him drafted at all and going as an undrafted free agent if he stays in the NBA. It seems like he's someone who could really, really benefit from this process in a way where I feel like other players who are doing it are going to learn, but don't really get that kind of knowledge outside of what they already knew about who they were and where they'd be going in this NBA draft. I think that in particular is really special to his situation and really unique in a way where it's going to help him a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. And just hearing firsthand what teams think you need to work on. It's one thing to hear fans, even analysts say it, but to hear the guys that are going to be making the decisions, tell you what you need to work on. 
um, is going to be helpful. But yeah, I mean, just getting a sense of where NBA teams kind of value you at. He's a interesting prospect in that if it were the early 2000s and we weren't in this kind of modern basketball era, he would be drafted probably in the first round because he's his post game is is one of the best in the country. But um, he I mean, it's a modern it's a much different game. It's a modern game. So um, because of that, it, it's going to be interesting to hear some of the feedback that he's going to get. Uh, but yeah, he's in a really interesting position, like you said, where he is one of the guys who is going to find out a lot and going to find out where teams value him. And I'm sure he'll get a lot of variance in that as well, but get a better sense of where teams value him, what they, what skill sets they value and, and where he might need more work. Because, uh, I mean, we can all sit here and say, oh, he needs a jumper. Oh, he needs to do this. Oh, he needs to do that. But Ultimately, there's 30 teams and uh, a handful of people in each team that are going to make that decision and just finding out firsthand from those people uh, what he needs to improve on or if they think he uh, they'll take him is ultimately what's going to matter most. I think I asked you this last week, Jacob, but it's important, I think, to go over now that he's officially declared. What does Trace Jackson have to gain as an NBA prospect by coming back to school, because it's not going to be any sort of bigger role cut out for him. He's already the biggest player and most important player to Indiana. He's already averaging about 20 points per game. He's not going to become some sort of nation's leading scorer or anything. That's not in his repertoire. Where are the things that he can get better at to convince him, okay, maybe I should come back and see if I can raise my draft stock, if that's what he's most interested in. Um. It, it's it's an interesting question because a lot of the things if you think oh he needs to improve his jumper like well then he can do that in the NBA anywhere. on a yeah anywhere G League NBA somewhere like that um, it may, it's a lot of kind of the in game stuff becoming a better defender um, becoming a better kind of passer reading the game more it would be a lot of things like that the stuff that you actually need game time to improve upon and um, becoming a just a more dynamic or different type of offensive weapon maybe he can develop a game off the dribble or something like that it's a lot of those things that you would need game time for but again even then if they put him in the g league then he's going to get those minutes as well so you're not wrong that um if he comes back uh, i would think it has more to do with kind of wanting to spend another season at iu and bloomington and thinking that they could achieve something uh, this upcoming season more than it has anything to do with improving any aspect of his draft stock, because um, I don't know, he, he's in a spot where it, there isn't a lot I think he could do next season to change his draft stock. So uh, maybe he decides then that he should go uh, and work on it in the NBA. But um, it, it's a really interesting situation that, Really, it, he hasn't given any sort of hasn't given us any sort of read on like we're in the we're in the dark and in, in what his kind of thought process is right now. The only thing that's come out at all is that statement in the, the kind of picture he tweeted out on, over the weekend declaring for the draft. It's a really abstract question, Jacob, and you kind of just went into it. There's nothing that you can do to really know either way, but I guess 
less what you know and more what you think. If this was a situation where that testing the waters aspect of things wasn't there, like it was a few years ago, do you think he declares for the NBA draft? Um, it is an interesting question. Uh, I don't think so because there isn't the certainty that he would be drafted. Um, but I don't know. It'd be, it, it'd be a really interesting question, really interesting proposition. I would say no, just because it isn't certain he's going to be drafted. If you can't talk to the scouts and get an idea about things that beforehand, then that's a really big risk to just kind of go out on a limb on. So I would say no, but um, I mean, there isn't any guarantee he's drafted now and I, I could see him still staying in the draft too. I mean, that's exactly, I think that's exactly my point, or at least what I've been thinking about it is that if he ends up doing all this, at least right now, like you said, there's no guarantee he gets drafted. So unless he gets some sort of that kind of guarantee for a team, I feel like I'm with you in that I'd be leaning toward him coming back to school and trying to do this for another year. We talk about he has nothing to gain. He also doesn't have all that much to lose, I don't think. I yeah, mean, he's going to be yeah. a year older, but with one, the kind of player he is, and, and also just, again, what one year difference really makes. I, I don't think he really goes down draft boards all that much unless there's some sort of monumental collapse. So I feel like that's really key is that what the answer to that question is, if this testing the waters things wasn't there, I feel like most people would, would be leaning with him not declaring and being back in school. And I think that's a good indicator of at least – where we are at with him in general too, without actually knowing anything that he's thinking. Yeah. There's more room for him to improve than there is room for him to kind of fall down draft boards right now, because I mean, the floor right now is still undrafted, so you can't really get a lot lower than that. So yeah, there certainly would be more room for him to improve than anything else. if, If he did come back. All right. One more thing before we get off of Indiana here, Jacob, Uh, I don't think we touched on this last week and we should have Thad Mata left Indiana basketball Mm -hmm. and is going to Butler. Uh, He was, I think administrative assistant was the official title, which is really just I'm here to help out kind of title that you give guys. But uh, what was it that he did exactly? I know he was involved in kind of getting coach Woodson acclimated to college ball, but uh, aside from that, what did he do at Indiana? What kind of a loss is this, if at all? Yeah, that's a great question because that's a question everybody's kind of been asking. His position was created last season. Uh, it was associate athletic director, but he only worked with the men's basketball program. Yeah. Um, and he was just kind of a liaison of sorts between or for Mike Woodson to just kind of bounce questions off of and get comfortable with college basketball. And so he was at games. He was at practices he was there just to be somebody to literally just talk to and for Mike Woodson to figure things out as he um, got acclimated to the the college game but uh, part of the reason he Thad Mata took that position was I mean his health was in a really bad state when he left Ohio State and he's said as much publicly so it was a matter of him just physically not being able to to take a head coaching job but Physically, he he is much better off now, and um, I think the word he used was he got the itch to coach again, and Butler makes a lot of sense for him. So um, he, Mike Woodson, 
Like, like there's no bad blood there. They, he right. he leaves to uh, to to take over a program that he's coached at and played at before, and uh, I, it doesn't sound like they're going to fill that position because I mean Mike Woodson is acclimated now. He's been a part of the college game. I don't think that was ever really going to be a long term position, but yeah, he he's at Butler now, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they're they're obviously still on great terms. I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe an IU Butler type of series uh, next season. I mean, you never really know exactly how big of an impact these guys had, especially with those kind of roles. But again, it doesn't seem like he was anything involved in like recruiting real heavy or anything like that. It was just, again, something to be involved with the basketball team internally and communicate with guys there. But again, we'll see. We'll see if maybe it all falls apart, but I I don't foresee that happening. You're hoping not, but no, no, he he wasn't really like day-to-day stuff. He wasn't really too involved in. Right, right. All right. Well, like we said, we're going to talk football here with Jacob. The ESPN Football Power Index ranked all the teams in the FBS, and we take a look now at what they have to say with the advanced numbers for teams next season about win totals. Well, how likely are they to win the Big Ten, each division, national title stuff? It's all there in advanced metrics that we don't really know about, but we're going to talk about it anyway. It's <laughs> coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. You already know that, whether it be the classic Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or their new Built Puffs, marshmallows. You can just pop right into your mouth to get your protein fix for the day. Whether it's to get you through your workout or just through the workday, Built Bar can be the one to help you do it with all the flavors that you love and the nutrition that you need with none of that stuff that you don't. We're talking about 15 grams of protein with less than 5 grams of net carbs and sugars, less than 150 calories in almost every bar, and 100% pure chocolate in all the bars too. It's again the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. If you want to try it out, do it with a little bit of extra cash on us. Use our code LOCKED15 at built.com to get 15% off your order. It's LOCKED15 at built.com for 15% off. Back in on Locked On Big Ten alongside Jacob Rood, host of Locked On Hoosiers. I'm Nate Dickinson. The football power index rankings from ESPN that puts a whole bunch of numbers into computer and then spits wins and losses out has released its preseason i guess even pre-preseason right now here in april uh, rankings for the upcoming season are uh, still a lot to be shaken out in far as the offseason and transfer portals and things like that but as things stand right now we have at least something to go off of from espn and their fpi and where the big 10 stands just before we start the conversation jacob so people can at least have some sort of basis As far as rankings here, Ohio State at two, Michigan seven, Penn State 12, Michigan State 16, and then all the teams in the top 25 wrap out with Wisconsin at 21. We'll get more deeper into the conference later, but I want to start at the top. Ohio State again at number two. Their 32.5% chance to win out is the highest among any team in the NCAA, according to the numbers in FPI. 27.4% chance to win the national championship and giving him a 73.6% chance, nearly three out of four chance to win the big 10 conference. It's a team in Ohio state that, I mean, when you look down the rest of these rankings, the big 10 East is going to be loaded again next year, but that's just how much better these numbers say Ohio state is than everybody else. Is it? 
it's a it's a good question uh the winning out is the the number that kind of jumped out to me most but i mean obviously if you bring back cj stroud like you're gonna have a pretty big leg up on the competition um offensively they were incredible last year but you obviously are losing alave and wilson from that um and Jigba's coming back so he's gonna have a a number one threat um I don't think the offense is really the question when it comes to this team. Um, I would imagine it's on the other side of the ball where they struggled a lot in the big games to close the season. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised they're the best team in the big 10 because I think it's pretty clear they are. Uh, the, the rest of those numbers are, are a little wild. The 32% chance to win out the 27% chance to win the national title is second um in a 50 50 shot at making the national title game uh some of that i'm not sure about but i i do think that this is the best team in the big 10 and by a, a decent margin that's kind of represented in these numbers yeah i mean again the winning out is just something where if you watch big 10 football you're like there's no way that that should be that high teams beat each other up too often in this conference uh, but at the same time, it, we aren't that too far removed from Ohio State just still running through this conference like it was nothing. So there's like that weight of both things. But yeah, all those numbers outside of the idea of Ohio State winning the Big Ten seem a little bit high to me, at least, like you mentioned, too. Uh, outside of that, uh, Michigan is the second best ranked team nationally. So just an idea of just I, I wanted to point out like the jump down there, the number seven team in the country, the Wolverines, 1.3% chance to win the national championship. It says 7.2% chance to win the big 10. That's second highest out of all big 10 teams. So the confidence in Ohio state winning that big 10 is huge, which leads to the confidence in them being able to do well on the national side. But yeah, being able to win out is I think something that, I mean, 32% is not huge, I guess, but just when you're looking at the idea of them being most likely out of anyone in college football to do that just doesn't seem right. (laughs) It just doesn't seem like the way Big Ten football works. No, not at all. And especially when um, that that's just what like Clemson, I would think, would have a, a better chance or even one of these SEC teams, Alabama, Georgia is second on that list. Somebody like that, it feels like uh would be better texas is is sixth in this ranking but um a a lot of these other conferences are kind of more prone to having teams run the table and and have had teams do that it feels like more recently than um than ohio state or anybody in the big 10 has but yeah that 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 is i i would not bet like that's almost a one in three chance that ohio state wins out which just seems wild i I can't get over that number Mm. Uh, it's maybe only bested to me as we continue to go down and we talked about this and we're just shocked before we started talking here the nebraska cornhuskers as it stands right now ranked at number 35 out of teams in the big 10 or out of all teams in the nation which has them as the best or second best to wisconsin in the big 10 west but as the numbers have it the percentage to win the Big Ten West is at right now 29.2%, Nebraska 28.9%, Wisconsin, saying there's virtually an even 
odds that either of those teams win the conference. That doesn't make sense, Jacob. Uh, it's one of those things where the people who are talking about you have to be able to see the games and see what happens on the field is going to be furious and be pointing to something <laughs> like this because Scott Frost has done nothing at Nebraska to suggest that he's ready to win a Big Ten West. I get that they've got players coming back while a whole lot of good, good Big Ten football teams have a lot of good players leaving. That team needs to show it at some point. I'm a big fan of the numbers, Jacob. I love going through this kind of stuff, and I'm sure a lot of people are bored out of their minds hearing us talk about 8.7% and stuff like that. But when I'm looking at it, I get excited to try and see what the computers have to say. But this is one of the rare times where I will say, I feel like this makes no sense at all. And I would be willing to put money against that if you're able to bet. I don't think you can bet on Nebraska not winning the Big Ten. But it's, it's uh, something where it just seems absurd for that team to be at that point in what, again, they have win-loss projections too. They have Nebraska projected at 7.7 wins right now. This is not anything that has been showing signs of being an eight win football team. Like I'm still surprised Scott Frost is even in charge there. Like, right. and, and you're predicting this team to be the, I guess the favorites. I mean, by, by those specific odds are the favorites, even though they rank behind Wisconsin, which, yeah, I mean, I assume that's based on their schedule. Uh, they do play like IU Rutgers uh, and, so maybe that's what that's based on, but uh, really bizarre. Like, I, I am very glad you pointed this out before we went live because I just kind of glanced over it. Uh, I saw the the Penn States and Michigan States of Wisconsin all kind of in that same group. And, like, Nebraska isn't far off of that. They're above Iowa. Like, uh, Yeah, that's, that's the worst. I mean, having them above Iowa, having them above Minnesota is – disrespectful to those two football teams and what they've been able to do over the last few years. And like, it seems like it's just not even taking into account everything Nebraska hasn't done the last couple of seasons. So uh, it feels like this is like Scott Frost's last, last chance and that you would look at what they've done. And it, I don't even really think that it was a, a situation of like, Oh, they're building to something bigger. Like I, I don't, I really would want to know what went into these numbers to, to where uh, it pops out that Nebraska is the favorite to win the division, because I, I really don't even know how you kind of get to that, that point to even make that argument. Really there's Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, I would all argue Purdue. I might even argue, and I'm an IU fan that, that they have all better chances to, to, uh, maybe not win the division, but finish above Nebraska next season. Yeah, and to be clear, it, as far as just team power rankings go, it's Wisconsin 21, Nebraska 35. So it, there's still a gap in who they think the actual better team is. But also, it's all very, very tight in that Western division too. As far as projected wins, Wisconsin at 8.2. Nebraska has it 7.7. Iowa at 6.9. Minnesota at 7.5. Purdue that you mentioned at 7 as well on the other side of Big Ten, of course. But it's all really, really close there on that west side. East side, of course, a little bit more spread out with the teams up there at the top. Uh, let's just continue to finish things out and talk about the bottom of the barrel here, Jacob. It's, uh, I use one of the teams there. There's a big, big drop off after Team 10. Produce projected at seven wins. Indiana and everybody else is right around four. 
and then their percentage to get to bowl eligibility at six wins. They're the first team below 50% at about, I think it was 18 that the Hoosiers had themselves at and then everybody else below them. Uh, is there anything to object to there? I mean, when you look at Illinois, Northwestern, Rutgers, those three teams had been there. Indiana had not had the expectation, but ended up there. And it's not looking like any of them are really going to be turning it around right away. Yeah. I mean, the bottom is what I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, and I, there really isn't much argument for it. Indiana specifically is replacing its, it's everything. It's offensive coordinator, it's defensive coordinator, quarterback, the entire running back room, the entire wide receiver core. Uh, <laughs> last year was a disaster and they kind of cleaned house after it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it seems like it's kind of, at least for right now, life back to normal for IU football. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not nearly as optimistic as I was this time last year, but um, yeah, the, I don't think there's really any arguments there. You could potentially argue, argue just kind of where they fall in terms of those seedings. But if you're arguing about where the last four teams rank, in the big 10, then uh, it seems a little silly, but yeah, I, I don't <laughs> expect much from any of those teams. Yeah. No Heisman campaign starting in Bloomington this off season. Not quite. I think <laughs> expectations Not have yet. been properly uh, managed a little bit. We got our hopes up one time for football <laughs> and we're immediately, immediately regretted that one. <laughs> well, we'll see how it all turns out. Of course, we're still what, six, seven months away from football season starting. That's the main reason, reason why many people will probably think having these number conversations are stupid, but we'll keep having them because they're going to keep coming out. And it's stuff that I like to talk about. Jacob Brood will have to talk about it, whether he likes it or not, when he comes on here <laughs> on Locked On at Big Ten to join the show. And as always, he's on Locked On Hoosiers too every day, keeping you up to date on everything going on at Bloomington and in Indiana University. Uh, Jacob, thanks as always for coming on. It's at Jacob Rude on Twitter. Remind us the Hoosiers actual show page. At LO underscore Hoosiers. Right. It's the underscore. I wanted to make sure that we got in there at LO underscore Hoosiers to follow the show. And of course, follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, probably where you're listening to this one here right now. Thanks again, Jacob, for coming on. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, as always. Well, if you're someone who listens to sports podcasts, you might be someone who also puts some money on sports as well. And if you are a sports betting guy, there is no better place for you to go than betonline.net. It's the best place for all of your information going into games, actually putting money on those games, and getting all sorts of different varieties of bets out there too, so you can make sure that you've got yourself covered across everything. Head on over to Bet Online now to see what I'm talking about. they got a really nice website, and if you've been betting on sports online for a while, you know that's not always the case, but they've got it taken care of over there. they got you taken care of over there. It's where the game starts at Bet Online. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Thanks again for Jacob Rue joining us here on the program today. He'll be on Locked on Hoosiers every single day, keeping you up to date on what's going on with Indiana. Before we leave you here on Locked on Big Ten, everything you may have missed over in the day in news and things we couldn't get to here today. Rutgers baseball is on a hot streak. The non-conference schedule in the Big Ten not always supposed to be the most challenging, but Rutgers has won 12 in a row. It was on Wednesday. A 23-3 win for the Scarlet Knights over Lafayette. So, uh, yeah, I'd say the bats are working over in Rutgers. 
In other news, Keyshawn Bartholomew, I'm not 100% sure if that's right. He's a transfer that will be visiting big schools around the nation. He has set visits to Oregon and Ohio State. We'll talk more about that maybe with Jay Stevens if we get into more in that transfer portal, which we need to get into because there's a lot going on there. Minnesota softball and other spring sports walked off today against South Dakota State yesterday, I guess if you're listening to it now here on Thursday. Huge win in eight innings, nine to eight, the final score for the Gophers. And in NCAA news for rules, this is a little bit of a weird one, but there's been a change in practice rules for football teams in the offseason. Football teams, and I'm going to read directly here, can now use two of their eight hours of, quote, summer athletic activity for, quote, non-contact skill instruction. So there's, in the summer, limited amount of numbers that Big Ten teams and any team can work with their football players. Eight hours of summer athletic activity per week. They're saying two of it now can be used for non-contact football skill instruction, which is basically the only equipment you're able to have on while going through things is a football. So it, it again, kind of uh, emphasizes why football teams care so much about this spring game. A lot of people who are casual fans or really hardcore fans too are just like, why does the spring game matter? When it gets to the summer, they're going to have two hours of only being of being able to touch a football at all now, and that's new. So there are times when you don't get anything with your players. So when you have these spring practices in the spring game, it becomes a lot more obvious why all this is important. We'll be back tomorrow with Matt Sheehan of Locked on Spartans to talk about everything that's going on in the Big Ten and anything that does go on from now until then. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson, and this has been Locked on Big Ten.